0: Good day everyone, good day. This is a secret show for what day we're not going to tell you, what date we're not going to tell you. This will be just a secret show between us. Don't tell anyone. I trust in all of you that we'll keep this a secret between all of us. Speaking between all of us, of course you can reach out to our show at walkerac76.podbean.com. We'll save all the plugs until later on um, as the show goes on. But of course, I would like to introduce to you uh, my co-host for this secret show that we're doing, um, author, writer, graphic designer, all-around good person. Welcome, Ms. Tina Piper. Welcome, Ms. Piper. How are you today? Hello, everyone. I'm
1: doing fine. I hope you all are doing fine as well.
0: It's definitely good to have you back on the show. I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit. Of course, we talked about off-air that we did a secret show before, but unfortunately, I got a little computer virus. and I had to redo everything. We did a tremendous show, and I'm kind of bummed, you know, that it went belly up. But we'll definitely try it again this time a little bit better. You because know, I will, you know, I will try not to um and er all the time, and try not to trip over <laughs> my words. Okay. So, what have you been up to um, lately?
1: Well, um, I've kind of been missing in action. Um, My nephew was uh, brutally murdered on July 20th, so um, I've been helping take care of his services and out of town. Um, I just got back uh, yesterday, actually, um, from attending his funeral services and everything um and of course uh, this uh, kind of hard one because we just lost my father and grandma this year and so this is the third death in the family in five months but also because he was only 26 years old and um, he had two daughters and uh, she was robbed and killed in Dallas, Texas um, and. Uh, the way they murdered him was very violent. And I'm not really sure if you want me or if it would be okay to go into details on the show because it's kind of graphic. Um, but so,
0: yeah, well, that's what's been going on with me. Well, with this show here, this is mainly just an open forum. You know, I mean, with the secret shows, we talk about whatever, wherever you feel comfortable, yeah. whatever we feel comfortable about. And considering this is a conversation between, you know, me, you. And, and the listeners out there, whatever you feel comfortable talking about, we're going to bounce around a whole lot. Talk about good things, you know, bad things and different things. Yeah. And, if, you know, and if that certain topic will be therapeutic or, you know, just you want to get off your chest, that's perfectly fine. We can talk about whatever you wish to. Um, this is a free forum for you and for us. Oh, thank you. So sweet. Uh, but um, please continue.
1: I guess he had gotten off work according to what the detectives told us. And um, he had just gotten paid. uh, Someone followed him from the gas station. And as as he was getting out of his vehicle, they approached him with rifles. Um, And he had taken off running because his last phone call was to his wife. And he was telling her that um, someone. Well, actually, they had already robbed him and beat him. And they were chasing him with the rifles, I guess, to prevent him from finding law enforcement. And he called her running, saying he was running, that he thought he was going to get away. And guess he didn't. Uh, well, he didn't. Uh, but so they uh, robbed him, beat him. Had him in eye, forehead, several times in a backslip, stood and a back slit and went over him. But there's the cold. Um, so the funeral home had to do a facial reconstruction. And so we weren't allowed to touch him, touch him or anything, because of course the body would have um. Caped. And so I, it was, it was, it was very, very difficult to um experience it, to see him that way. But um, it was very um therapeutic. Also, we had a chance to say goodbye to him, and um, most heartbreaking was to have to support my brother through this. I'm the only child. My brother is second oldest and um, it kind of ripped my heart in pieces to see my brother have to experience this um, and I think it, that, that hurt me more than anything to know that my brother lost his firstborn child and um, not really knowing what to do for him and um, I think I was telling you earlier that it, it, I guess it kind of made me feel the hopeless feeling that I felt when um, I was 19 and my best friend committed suicide. I, I, it took me back to that um, event. And um, so I had to kind of call my way out of the dark spot, but after the funeral, I felt like I had some closure. I had the support of my loved ones around, which, you know, helped. I guess make us all feel better in the situation, but um, I'm, I'm I'm back. I'm ready to get to designing um, on your clothing line, and uh, hopefully doing more Saturday matinee shows with you. And I just want to thank you for the support you've given me during this difficult time, because you've been very supportive as
0: well. Oh, you're very, you're very welcome. And you know, like I said before, you have my condolences, something like that. You can never even fathom, and you know there are no words, you know, to make the situation better, um, more comfortable, anything of the sort. You know, so, you know, you know, I know myself, my listeners, all that other, you know, and everyone else, you know, definitely feels for you. And anything we can do, you know, to make a little bit better, by all means, because you know, because I know. You know, we love doing our shows. We love doing our things, but of course, you know, family and mental health comes first, more than anything. You know, you know, the experience, your shows, other shows will, will always be here. You know, but you know, but no matter what, I mean, you are first and foremost. So I mean, we, you know, we're definitely glad that you're okay and that you're back with us. And Thank you. yeah, you know, I'm mean, of course always thoughts and prayers. Um, you know, and of course, it's, it's really hard to, you know, segue into something something else, um, you know. But you mentioned, you know, you know, design that you're back to doing clothing design, and we never really had a chance to really delve into who is Tina Piper. You know, um, we talked a little bit when we did our first Saturday matinee movie review. Um, and you, you briefly mentioned a little bit about you. And so now we, we you know, you are an integral part of our show. And so I would like our listeners to know who is Tina Piper? Well,
1: I'm basically, just uh, I would say I consider myself uh, above all as a uh, humanitarian, I care about people. I love people. Um, When I lived in Texas, I had a nonprofit organization for families that had um, autistic members of the family to help them with um, housing and things that they needed. Um, I donated a lot of my time to helping um, the elderly elderly in nursing homes, going read to them, doing their hair and nails. Um, I'm a political person, I have campaigned for many many political parties, matter of fact, I was uh, um, at the convention center, Um, I was at the caucus for Barack Obama, I was one of the people that gave my votes there at the caucus in Texas, Um, and I really enjoyed working on that campaign, um, I'm, I'm an artist. Um, I have been since a little girl. Um, my original dream was to be a fashion designer um, as a little girl. Um, now I'm into graphic arts and web design. also do some acting, as I mentioned before. Um, I will consider myself a highly sensitive person, but also a sensible, common sense type person. Um, I'm very open-minded and I'm open, I'm open to hearing other people's thoughts and opinions without
0: judgment. Um,
1: Yeah, I think that about sums me up as a
0: person. And and, and it really, it really surprised me in a good way, you know, to to learn about your credentials, to learn about you as a human being, Um, because, you know, you know, I've always tried to see the good in people, and and I've, I always feel believed that there is, you know, very very few good people in this world. And you took me totally by surprise uh, when when I found out, you know, that you know, you know that you liked my work for such a long period of time. Um, <laughs> what. She's turning interview now. So, what what made you interested in my animation? Interested in my show? And what brought you to this point? You know, to want to contribute. You know, you know, as far as uh, you know, graphic, you know, your graphic design, your T-shirts and stuff like that.
1: Well, as as I said, I'm a graphic designer. So when I was introduced to your animation, um, I. I don't know, I I guess the way you do the animation is not like uh, scripted, you kind of just off the top of your head just talk about things, and I think that's the same way you do your podcast, and I I think I was attracted to that, besides the fact that the characters are really cute cute and adorable, um, it was just funny to me, and I think at the time I just needed something to, you know, make me laugh and take my mind off of where I was at that moment in life. And so then I, I you know, I clicked to get a notification on your show. I want to know when Hearing the Fox is on. And so um, I noticed you were also posting podcasts. And so I started listening to those as well. And eventually, I went ahead and got the Pied Me app. And I think once you started the Saturday Matinee Show, you asked the listeners if they had any movies they would like you to review. So, I sent your email asking you to review Raisin Cain, which is one of my favorite movies. Again, because um, John L. the star of the uh, movie, is a brother to my acting teacher. And, um, uh, he's a really nice guy. And, uh... You invited me to come on and review the movie with you, so that was the beginning, I guess, of everything. And from there, you learned I was a graphic designer. We discussed you starting the fashion line, um, and so after that, it's just history. <laughs> yes,
0: absolutely. And and the moment you show me some prototypes of the shirts and whatnot, huh. now now I would not lie. Um, when you when you first showed me that it. It blew me away. It instantly blew me away because, like I said in previous shows, I never thought that my little bitty show would get that far, and nor did I wanted to get that far because I wanted it to be a, just a little personal passion project of my own. Uh, you know, but seeing how you know, of course, life happens. You know, things change, and I found myself you know getting more and more deep into my shows, more and more deep into the animation itself, and actual and the actual thought of someone out there wanting to listen to my show wanting to buy my product you know wanting to to get involved it you know it was very humbling in a sense and it's still just kind of i'm still kind of in disbelief of it all you know and until i actually saw the prototype of everything and and people are buying and people are interested and you know i definitely have you to thank for it
1: and and like I said I would like to thank you as well because um, you helped inspire me to want to get back into doing my podcast show I think you um you know you're very relatable like when people listen to your shows they can relate to you um they've been through some of the things you've been through and I think you inspire people without even knowing that that's what you're doing um you make us feel like some of our quirks are normal, and you know we're not alone in it. And, and and I think a lot of people appreciate that about you and your show.
0: And and I do thank you for that. And of course, you know this this uh, secret show, it you know it isn't about me. It isn't about me in particular. Um, but once again, I went into the podcast just going into it just to speak my mind. Um, just having that outlet that I never thought I would really want to broadcast, but looking at eleven platforms later, people actually like the things that I have to say, and people want to, you know, want to follow my show, and, and you know, and, and they find me relatable. Never ever thought that would ever happen, <laughs> but, but you know, but but I digress on that front. And you talk about uh, rekindling your passion for your show. Tell the audience about your show.
1: Well, actually, I was just recording one before I came onto to your segment. Just now, um, my show, When You Talk Show, and you can find that on Anchor Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. Um, I can't remember them all right now, um, but my show, I would say, is about um, self, uh, self-improvement Um, It's more of a motivational type show where I just kind of talk about the things we experience as humans and um, ways you can work through it and just letting people know that they're not alone in what they experience and maybe how I work through some of those same problems and just to let people know I'm here and I care. Um, And so... When I first thought about doing a podcast, there were so many things I wanted to talk about. Like I said, I'm really big into politics, um, and so I thought about doing a political podcast, but then I thought, well, that would only probably reach the portion of the population that's politically <laughs> you know, affiliated with my party, but I wanted to reach everyone. I wanted to do something that you know everyone could relate to. And so I decided to, yeah, go into a, a bit of motivational type um, podcast, which I'm really enjoying uh, again because, like I said, you have motivated me. And um, I just recorded a show today, and I think I'm going to start doing maybe about two or three a week um, because I want to you know, I guess, get more followers and um, really work on making a difference that I
0: hope to make to people because that's important to me. Absolutely, I understand that. When I first did my podcast, um, I did it based off the character, Henry the Fox. Um, It was never my intention to turn it into what it is now. It was mainly just going to be Sort of a continuation uh, of my show and I wasn't too sure how to correlate that between the animation and 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 this what it is now but something happened to where I just turned it into kind of like inspirational kind of a show um, more and more than comedy and people can go back to my very first show I did three years ago in February. Oh, I loathe that show with an undying passion. Um, It was only not even five minutes long, and I was extremely nervous. Um, I had everything written down, what I was going to say, what I was going to talk about, and it all went out the window. Uh, But of course, fast forward three years later, I'm a little more comfortable on the mic. Um, Still, it's it's a very free-form show, not a whole lot of editing. How was your very first show? I mean, how did that go for you? What were you What were you thinking? What were you feeling? You know, when you first hit that record button. <laughs>
1: um, my very first show. I think I had contemplated it for so long that I was uh, just just ready to do it. And I think my very first show was uh, December twenty nineteen. And it was about surviving failed relationships. Um, I think I had um, several family members at the time that was uh, going through divorces. And um, they had come to me for advice and advice. also during that time several of my friends were also going through relationships problems so I said a lot of people are having relationship problems this is going to be my first show and I just hit record and I just started talking I didn't write anything down I didn't contemplate what I was going to say I didn't do any research (laughs) I just started talking and saying what I felt in my heart um and using maybe a few things that I learned um, during my uh, my psychology training in, in college back in my school days. So, and, and I just went for it. And it felt exhilarating after I hit stop and listened, hit play and listened back to it. Um, it felt exhilarating, and I felt like, yeah, this is going to help someone. So...
0: Interesting. I, I went back and I listened to some of your shows and you seemed so natural on the microphone talking. Your topics flowed one straight to another, you know. You were a natural podcaster and that was something I definitely strive to be um, as my show grew. Um, and one of the things that I've learned in podcasting or just talking in general is you talk about things that are relatable to other people. Um, which is very surprising that, you know, you have found my show relatable. I found your show extremely relatable um, and, you know, and I can and I, you know, I can definitely, you know, understand, you know, the struggles you went through and all although their opinions about relationships, about life, about love, things of that nature. And, you know, and of course, that made me you know rethink how I did my shows because I'm always looking to improve. So I definitely have to thank you for that one because you definitely motivated me, you know, you know, to want to keep evolving my show. Um, I'm
1: honored. I didn't know that.
0: Thank you. No, abs- no absolutely. You know, um, and that's and that's one to me That's one of the main goals for podcasters out there. Um, it's a humongous community. And now being on Twitter and linking up with other podcasters, I'm getting more and more, you know, guidance and advice along the way on how to format things. And one thing I one thing I've read that when doing a podcast you go into it with no fear. You go into yeah. it not afraid to stumble, not afraid to um and err, not afraid to laugh at yourself or stammer or stutter. Um, just be
1: human because that's what humans do, right?
0: Absolutely. I was so that, concerned in the beginning about looking for editing programs to you know, to edit out certain things and Eventually, you know, I just kind of threw my hands up and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not going to overthink it. I have, a, I have a microphone I bought from a friend for $80. I have a laptop and just hit voice recording and I just record. And like I said, I mean, your show definitely helps also. So I really do appreciate that.
1: Thank you. And I do the same. I record. I just go from the top of my head. And, but I've, I've um, heard some podcasters say that they do pre-write their shows like you know but I prefer just to go straight from my, my head and my heart and I don't have a format but I do have a goal and the goal is to like I said let people know that someone else is experiencing and going through what they go through
0: and to, to hopefully make a, di- a difference to them so yeah. and, and you have, and you absolutely have because trust me I can write a book on bad relationships but I digress um, <laughs> so talk about talk about the long term um, I understand of course you are very worldly traveled highly intelligent um, what is your long-term goal for your podcasting adventure
1: um. Actually I would also like to expand it to doing live podcasts on YouTube. Matter of fact, Spotify just added a feature. I don't know if you know, but you can record your um not video record, but voice recorded live, and you can have, uh, the listeners, like, type in, uh, questions and stuff as you're doing it, so I wanted to try that, but I also want to do a live podcast on, um, YouTube, a video um, podcast, and also on TikTok, I haven't tried TikTok yet, but I've been thinking of expanding to those, um, applications, and, um, think I'm going to move it more in a social direction as well. I want to work into um, maybe setting up a non-profit one you
0: organization that help um, give resources to people out there that may
1: need to link to support groups or maybe they need help with uh, clothing and food and stuff like that. So I I want to go that way in a social direction.
0: And, and And that is amazing. Uh, I'm, I have subconsciously <laughs> just been leaning more towards mental health awareness with my podcast. I try to keep everything positive, add a little bit of myself into my shows, mainly just men, you know, mental health awareness, healing, and, and, and everything like that. Um, I try to you know, just keep everything light. <clears throat> my long-term goal was to be on as many forums that, that, I, that I could be, and all of a sudden I am. And now my next goal, which no, actually, I'm keep that keep it a little bit of a secret. I want to keep that to my chest <laughs> because because uh, if if it doesn't work out, which I'm not looking at the what ifs. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I'm you know I'm, I'm pretty much happy, you know, just being an amateur podcaster and just and getting myself out there, and uh, and just continuing to do this every week. Um, I still have this bizarre mindset that just a handful of people are listening. I never really thought. You know that people like you and people out there that have written to my you know written and sent me emails stuff like that you know can really relate to it. Never really thought. And I still can't believe it, but uh, it's well, like I said before. It, you know, like it's really surreal and, it, and it's really humbling. But um, let's talk about the graphic design. Um, that's something that you that you brought up. Um, a mysterious person that you know that uh, that you don't want to tell me. Um, gave you some ideas about T-shirts and hoodies, so we'll, we'll so like we'll start with that.
1: <laughs> okay, well, ironically, before I did your uh, matinee show, <laughs> I you know I was busy doing what I do, designing websites. Blah blah blah. blah. I did your podcast, and one of your listeners contacted me, and. Asked me if I could design a surprise for you, and it was based on your hand of fox. So um, they were like, "Well, what about copyright infringements, etc., cetera, etc.?" Cetera? I was like, "Well, I can redo him in a way that makes it, you know, totally different, and you know, you guys can have the design." I won't copyright it, you know, it's it's for you guys to have. So I worked on a a, a Fox, and I think it was from that... Mm, a light box is something you had you also came to me and asked me if I can make something like that so it was really ironic that you guys both had that same box and so I didn't want to spoil the surprise but I'm like I'm not going to send a kid to another box when I've already done one so I kind of spoiled the surprise by showing you the the one I did for that person and uh, I was like I hope they're not upset with me and um so, you were blown away by it, and uh, I think it just started from there. And again, I apologize to your friend. I'm sorry, um, but they are working on some different designs now since you, you've taken over that one, and the designs are awesome. Matter of fact, that person should be in your design team because what they just did for you blows me out the water, I'm telling you. But... Um, we're working on setting you up a storefront actually so that people will just be able to online in order whatever they want whatever size color they're going to put a lot of merchandise up there for them um, to choose from and um yeah the Walker AC experience is really getting to blow up it's really going to expand into something wonderful so I hope everyone is you know going to support him and um we can't wait to show you guys what, what's new with the fashion line.
0: I never thought the words "fashion line" and "Walker AC" will be together in the same sentence. <laughs> yes, it's wonderful.
1: It's, I, and, and, and I'm so I feel so privileged to have a part in um, you know being
0: selected as, as as your designer. It's it's truly a privilege. it's well i mean it's definitely i'm definitely honored by it and uh we we won't talk too much about it but just for all the listeners stay tuned because i know i am and and uh i'm going to be you know like showing off some apparel uh once you know once i get some orders in i'll you know i grant i'm horrible at modeling but i'll just put on a dummy and i'll just show it around for people um so but for there you know of course as we segue out of that and you talked about your your long term goals have you ever thought about adding more to your YouTube page Uh, I went on to your YouTube and I looked at just a couple of things were you ever thought about expanding on that yeah I'm
1: I'm definitely going to expand like I said I want to do some like video record myself doing a podcast Um, and then that way I can also take questions as I'm doing it live, I guess. Um, So I'm definitely going to work on that as well. Setting up for that soon. And I'm excited about that. And doing some TikTok
0: videos as well. Perfect. Stay tuned. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, of course, this turned into more of an interview than just a regular conversation. Uh, <laughs> now, do you have do you have anything for me before we segue into the next uh, portion of this show? Yeah, let me interview you for a little bit. <laughs> I'm afraid, <laughs> from but bring it from on.
1: podcaster to another. <laughs> okay, so tell me, what are your goals as far as with your fashion and how big would you like to get? Like, Do you just want to stick with hoodies and t-shirts or do you have any other products you'd like to see your
0: brand on? Hmm. I thought about that. And once again, it's all about the mindset. Um, I'm a very simple person for people. For those of you out there in the podcasting land that know me, I'm a very simple guy. I'm not very materialistic. Um, I keep things very close to my chest. Um, but, you know, once you showed me the designs for the t shirt, the hoodies, and we talked more about the brand itself, I would like to experiment with anything and everything. Well, whether we talked about mugs, keychains, stickers, um, just whatever will get attention to the brand itself, uh, I'm open for anything. We started out with t-shirts and hoodies. Now let's go to mugs. Now let's go to stickers. Now let's go to koozies, um, you know, you know, let's, oh, and also masks, you know, because of course, obviously we have to continue to be safe. So let's do, you know, either Henry the Fox or the Walker AC experience masks, you know, you know, get more eyes on the product. And that's something I definitely like to do. Um, like I've said before, whether I sell one piece or 100 pieces, I'm still honored that this brands is going to give me an opportunity. You know, I'm not looking. I'm not looking for a guarantee. I'm looking for opportunity, and if this works out well, I will be thoroughly happy. If it does not work out well, it doesn't matter to me either, because all this is, to me, is just a, just our passion project, and I'm comfortable no matter what happens. Um, like I said before, you know, life has a funny way of working things out. When you think it's your darkest hour, something comes along and just turns your whole world upside down and that's something that you have definitely helped out with by leaps and bounds and uh yeah yeah i'm just i'm just grateful the word of the day is i'm, I'm grateful Ah, oh,
1: thank you thank you now i've heard you say on a previous podcast
0: that
1: you've written a book is that correct yes i have So <clears throat> we look forward to releasing that
0: anytime soon I've been thinking about it. Um, I, I've written two books, and mainly they're just suspense thriller novels. And at one point in time, I was insecure about my writing and my artwork, so I kept everything to myself. So doing a podcast three years ago was a humongous leap um, because you know I could, quote-unquote, hide behind a microphone and say whatever I wish... And no one will have to see my face, or you know, or look at look at the or look at my demeanor. But now I'm more comfortable with that, and especially everything that has happened, you know, um, I'm leaning more towards you know maybe releasing a book and to just seeing what happens, um, because <clears throat> it's all about the legacy, I guess, of how I want to be remembered. Obviously, in this world, no matter what you do, someone's not going to like you, no matter what. Um, And I try to focus on the people that do, the people that support me, the people that love and care and have my back, in other words. So when it's my time, how I want to be remembered and what I leave behind to me makes all the difference, whether it be my books or my animation or my podcast. And I guess as time goes on, I guess I want to release a little, little bit more of myself here and there and just see what happens.
1: One last question for you. So I said as a child, my first dream was to be a fashion designer. What was yours?
0: When I was growing up, I wanted to be a doctor. And as the years went on, I wanted to be a lawyer. Then as years went on, it kind of just declines downhill. Uh, I wanted to (laughs) I wanted to be a professional wrestler. So lo and behold, one of those three things happened. You can guess which one happened. Um, as as time went on. Wow, really? Yes, yeah, so I was a professional wrestler for a bit. I wanted to travel. I traveled. I traveled all over the world. Um, I travel all over the US. Um, I've done a lot in my life. And now that I'm 45, my stage has already been set. I performed on my stage. I've done a lot. And now my, my, my future goals moving forward is continue to set up a stage for you know, for, for my young one to prep him. So my life is all about him. And my little side projects is this right here. And you know this is why I can say with all honesty that no matter where it goes, I'm happy that it happened.
1: So what was your wrestling
0: name? I knew you were going to ask me that. You
1: should have known. <laughs>
0: now of course this was before youtube so you cannot find me Ha! right of course my wrestling name as corny as it was back then it was pretty awesome um it was uh ac thunder i wrestled for southeastern championship wrestling here in melbourne florida uh i traveled a lot and wrestled for a bit and then you know i stopped doing it for a while and i settled down and had a family and here I am all these years later.
1: That's awesome. That's the last question. I'm sorry.
0: the <laughs> no, last question what part eight. Where was your
1: favorite? Of all the places you've traveled, where was your
0: favorite place to travel to? It was Köln, Germany. Um, it's a little bitty town and it has so much culture um, because that's what I love. I love different cultures. Um, Germany was a great experience. Um, it was it, w- it was once again the humbling experience of being somewhere different, and knowing the language, um, knowing the expectation, and everyone treated me like family, and it was wonderful. And that's something um, I want to do again. You know, before my time expires, I want to go back to Germany. I want to go to Japan as well. Um, I want to continue to be world traveled because as life gets, you know, as our memories get longer, our life gets shorter. And I love my memories. I have no bad memories, no bad feelings, you know, and I like to share my experiences, you know, with, with those I'm close with.
1: Well, since you brought up Germany, this, this will be for another show. I won't be today because we've been, I guess, recording for a while. Um, my My grandfather, who adopted my dad, was from Germany, he's a survivor from the concentration camp, and so I would like to talk about that in another show, one day.
0: Absolutely. I would like
1: to share that story. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, considering this is a secret show, um, you can talk about anything you wish for as long as you wish. As much time as you have, that is no problem whatsoever. Or we can always keep everyone, you know, hanging on for, for a little bit more. You know, you know like the tune back. I'm waiting to listen to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, you know, this is what we call in the business a cliffhanger. You know, so we can always, we can always go back to that. And now to, uh, to to round out the show, to bring everything full circle, we never really had a chance to, to do a Saturday matinee show. So would, you, yes. so would you care to give the audience a little double dose, or do you want to keep them hanging on for, for another time to, to bring them on back? First, why not do a double dose? Okay. Awesome. So I will let you lead. Um, mm-hmm. Tell our lovely audience what review we're doing.
1: Uh, we're going to do Part Master starring Macaulay Cotier. And it's based on a true story written by James St. James about the murder of Angel Melendez by some of the crew members of the Club Kids.
0: Absolutely. And he did mention uh, it started Macaulay Culkin. And this was done back in 2003, oddly enough. Yes. And I thought it was done earlier than that. Um, it has oh good lord! It has Macaulay Culkin. It has Chloe 70. I know I butchered that name. Um, uh, of course, also has Seth Green from the Robot Chicken days. Yes. And he was what? What he was? Oh good lord! I had a brain fart. Um, he also starred in it as Richie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also Marilyn Manson is in the movie as well.
1: Bailey, Randy Barbato,
0: John Marcus, and Christine Bichon. So yes. So what's great about this movie? You mentioned it was based on a true story, and done and done in two thousand three. Um, it it's one of those movies, like I said before in my previous ones, it's one of the movies that will stick with you. And it was based on you know uh, you know the, the true life story of Disco Bloodbath, and it showed how. Macaulay Culkin's character, Michael, you know, really burst into the, uh, you know, like the club scene. And, you know, and how, of course, drugs were prevalent, and, but, but he didn't partake in them, you know, just yet. You know, ecstasy and cocaine and heroin and stuff of that nature, so. Um, ironically, I guess,
1: um, I, I can recall in the beginning of the movie when um, his character, Michael, And James were uh, telling their story. I guess um, Macaulay Culkin's character had been molested by his Sunday school teacher, who he said would take him in the basement and teach him how to French kiss.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny in a disturbing way. Yeah, because I
1: kind of got the sense that he may have already um, felt... Attraction to men prior to that happening to him because he started off with saying he was always different growing up as a little boy but then he went on to say what the Sunday school teacher did to him so um and eventually he moved to New York and um He just felt like he didn't want to have a nine-to-five job and be working like everyone else. He wanted to make money off of partying and making life fabulous for everyone. And uh, James' character was already really big in the party scene and um, all over papers and magazines. And so he found his way to bump into him. uh, Did they meet at a donut shop,
0: I think? Absolutely. They' been in a donut shop and James taught Michael the rules of fabulousness. Okay. And, and of course, of course he showed him what to do. and seemingly they talked for hours and you know James taught Michael how to be fabulous or what rules to do. So say for example, um, if they're going to a party they walk in They walk in hand by hand. And of course, they, of course, they pretend to lose one another, going around saying, "Oh, have you seen him? Oh, have you seen Michael? Oh, have you seen James?" And they circle around, you know, opposite way. And then once they find each other, they yell and scream, <clears throat> and, and they're happy again. And, 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 and that's one of the many rules of, of, of being fabulous. And I think standing on the
1: right side take photos, that way you're in the magazine picture. Uh, it, it was, I guess you have to see it to really understand how comical that was. Because um, as much drama was in the movie, it was also comical um, as well. And, um, Macaulay Coffin, I think she felt one of the dud clubs, one of the clubs that wasn't really popping. And I think Dylan McDerm- McDermott played the boss and um, yes. he allowed him to throw a party in, in the basement or whatever and it kind of flopped but um, Michael had the gift of gab so he was able to talk himself into uh, being allowed to throw another party and having the boss funded. Um, eventually the party did start to blow up and uh, become a thing. And I think his boss's wife was kind of jealous of the relationship there between Macaulay Calkins, character, and the boss.
0: Right, because and I
1: think at one point she was like, "He's not your dad. You're not
0: his son, or whatever." Exactly, yeah. and and what's really interesting, you know, the the connection between the boss, um, Peter uh, uh, Peter Gates, and I forgot the the yeah. actual name yeah. of it. Yeah, um, Peter and Michael. Is that, you know, You know, once again, subconsciously, Michael was looking for that father figure and he was looking for that approval um, that, that he never got. And he found that in Peter because, you know, Peter gave him the opportunity to work in the club, but he was very strict over him, you know. But he gave him a lot of leeway because he secretly had faith in Michael. And, and of course, we not forget Michael's sidekick, Christina. Do you remember Christina? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And and, okay. and 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 who was Christina?
1: As I remember, Christina was the one singing. To the, um, I guess when James and Michael first met up, but I remember the scene when they were having a party in the back of a truck and Christina was driving.
0: Yes, uh, yes. Uh, Christina was Marilyn Manson. Um, yeah, yeah. I played by Marilyn. <laughs> he did not. He did not have a speaking role. He just made noises. Um and we wasn't too sure what the basis of his character was, whether he was strung out or drugged out or just I don't know, or just mentally deficient, I guess. But that's neither here nor there. (laughs) Please please continue.
1: Um and um, it came to a point where they actually blew up so big that they were, were on TV shows and stuff like that, being interviewed just for being fabulous, you know, just for being party kids. Um, but um, Michael boy Boyce, I can't remember his name now. Uh, I think it was played by, and I'm going to screw up his name, Wilmer, say it for me.
0: Uh, Wilmer Wilmer, uh, uh, Valderrama?
1: Yeah, that guy from the 70s, right? Yes. With Aspen kutcher Okay, he was his boyfriend. I don't think he was initially gay from the beginning, or homosexual, I'm sorry, from the beginning. But Michael, you know, told him he'll give him all the free drugs and he'll get him the best partying and you know all the drinks he wants and he just kind of assigned him as his boyfriend <laughs> and then he assigned him as the DJ of all the, the events he would throw uh yes, um,
0: uh, yes. Uh, DJ Kaoki there you go that was his
1: name um and eventually he got him strung out on drugs and um I
0: forgot why they broke up. Why did he leave eventually? Um, because uh, because it was Michael's birthday, and he and he got um, a humongous apartment. And was throwing a party, and this was before Michael did drugs. Um, Kiyoki did cocaine, of course, with James, and that really upset Michael. Um, and so, he, you know, pretty much he called out DJ Kiyoki on his drug use, and that's when they broke up. Kiyoki came back later on that evening, and he saw Michael and their and their love child, their cat. And Michael did all of his drugs. And his quote was, "I wanted to see what the big deal was." And and, yep. and, yep, and he wanted more well, drugs. Not
1: only was Michael doing his drugs, he was giving drugs to the cat.
0: Remember? Absolutely. Oh
1: my gosh, Yeah. So yeah, from that point, Michael he was rolling drugs.
0: Yeah, and. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, please. No, 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 you can <laughs> you know, And of course, the, the movie bounces back and forth. It really shows um, the rise of the Club Kids. Um, you talked about the talk show. Um, and of course, in real life, Phil Donahue did the talk show, but in the movie, John Stamos, of all people, was, was a talk show host. Um, and that's where you notice the sudden decline um, between the friendship of Michael and James. Um, James was slowly becoming jealous of Michael, and Michael was being more out there due to the drug use, and he would rather embarrass his friends, you know, than to kind of share the limelight. Um,
1: I can remember when Kyoki um, dubbed Michael. Michael didn't want to be alone, so. Michael knowing that James was a writer I, I think he like had the boss pay for them to have a magazine and he wrote this article saying that James was leading a white kid sex ring and then James really rich father like disowned him and stopped giving him money so that James had to move in with with Michael yeah.
0: um yes absolutely and, and I think that was kind of like the the beginning of the downfall of their relationship. Yes, James, Michael was turning more into into a narcissist, more of a sociopath, you know, he wanted to destroy things around him, you know, because he was lacking something in his life, you know, which was that strong father figure, the attention that he didn't receive as a child, so that was his way of keeping James around him, You know, by destroying everything around him, so James had to depend on him.
1: He was very manipulative, and yeah, I would say he was a narcissist, um, and yeah, a, a control freak, because it, it's like he controlled everything. Everyone around him, even his boss, and I think eventually he got his boss strung out on drugs as well. When the wife demanded the husband stop funding um, these these um, parties and stuff, he got the boss hooked on drugs um, so that he can continue to
0: manipulate him and use him. Right, and of course, when of course, it was turned into you know the wife firing him, you know, you know firing Michael. <laughs> And stopping everything, and a little bit later, the club was raided, and slowly things were going downhill. But Michael was still in denial because he still wanted he still wanted to have that control that he never had. Um, you know, bills were not getting paid, his apartment was being you know foreclosed on, and all he had left was was his little sanity, the cat, and he had drugs, and he had Angel, who he made friends with, before then supplying him drugs. But of course, never paying Angel.
1: Yes, never paying Angel. And I think um, eventually Michael overdosed. Um, Let's say he met a girlfriend, because I think we skipped that part. He met a girlfriend, so boyfriend dumps him. He meets a girlfriend. He's now with a girlfriend. Um, He overdoses because I think he's really still in love with Kiyoki, even though he's with the girl. Because I think he bumped into Kiyoki again at a club. But Kyoki said he was busy, he had all these kids, he was gonna travel, he didn't really have time to get back together with him at the moment. Um, so Michael overdoses. Um, he walks out of the hospital with IV still on his arms and stuff like this. And he um, has Angel bring him all these drugs that he never paid for. And Angel comes in demanding his money, he wants to be paid
0: and you can tell us what happened <laughs> at that point yes so so you know of course you know this was just after michael got fired i kind of bounced around to get again this was michael got fired and it, of course he was in his apartment with someone else and of course um he was down and depressed and actually Kiyoki came back because um, michael was in bed crying and he you know and, and he came back to michael for just a few minutes until he saw that the cat was dead. Um, that you know that the Michael killed the cat because of all the drugs. Yeah. And that's when you know you know Keoke finally left. So Michael was in the living room with another fellow, passed out on the couch, and Michael was going through pictures of the photo album of, of course, him, Kiyoki, and the cat. Angel came in wanting his money, and then you see from a different perspective that something happened and then it flashes it it flashes forward i think to where um james overdoses and he wakes up and he sees a rat lying next to him and the rat in this ridiculous costume of course obviously we know it's a fake rat um but a rat telling james what happened to angel from the rat's point of view and how um, Angel, you know, pretty much attacked Michael and the person living with Michael, who was there at the time, took a hammer and he hit, you know, Angel over the head with a hammer. And he did this humongous thing to where, you know, to where they killed Angel. And I believe, please correct me if I'm on this one, um, after James woke up from his overdose, Michael met him at the hospital with his girlfriend and Michael told him the whole story about how he and the guy killed Angel, stripped him naked, cut up his body, put his body in a box in a living room, sealed with duct tape, for a couple of days until the smell got so bad that they had to dump the body in the ocean. And James was so just perplexed by this and so shocked by this. I guess I'm not too sure if it shocked him into sobriety or not, um, but that made him write the book. And of course he and of course he turned in Michael.
1: Yeah, uh, he encouraged Michael to, to, to you know, turn himself in. He had killed someone. Um, but then, did Michael
0: initially get caught on the drug thing or? Um, yes, because uh, Michael and his girlfriend were staying together, and I guess the the DEA agents, you know, burst in and they arrested Michael, you know, right there in bed. And, of course, they brought him to the police station and they tried to have him help out with, with, all the, with all the drug deals and stuff like that. And I guess Michael rolled on a lot of people until, you know, James, you know, pretty much not necessarily sold him out, but pretty much told the, the authorities what happened. And Michael got arrested.
1: So, it, it, The movie had a lot of... Um... I want to say twist and turn because it was pretty much, you know, straightforward. And it was about the club kids and their party life. But it it got really dark, I guess, when Michael got on the drugs. Um, he, oh, go
0: ahead, I, mean, I guess he
1: felt like he lost control of everything and everyone. Um, he went to a really, really dark place. And... Um, Eventually, it's, it turned into Angel Melinda as being murdered. Um, but I think when, when James, uh, before he overdosed, he was, like, typing a book, and he thought he had written a whole book. And then as he looked at the
0: pages, they were all blank. I think. You yes, remember that? absolutely. I remember that. Yeah, um, he, he did a little bit of drugs, and he started writing, and he wrote all these pages. He was so proud of himself. And then he went back to read it. It was nothing but blank pages. All he wrote was just a cover.
1: And, uh, I think that in, in the book, um, I think the book was originally entitled Disco Bloodbath, right? Yes. And then they changed it to "Party Animal. Um, so here's the thing. In, in the movie, um, Michael was with his girlfriend when Angel got killed. Um, But in reality, in in real life, Michael was really arrested while he was with his male lover.
0: Really? I didn't know that. The one that was the girlfriend in the movie
1: actually was a secretary and not his girlfriend. So they altered the movie a little bit from from the book. Um, Michael had never actually had a a female relationship or been with a woman. He was, he was a bisexual, he was a, uh, homosexual. So they made a few changes to the movie that was different from the book, but, you know, it's usually like that in Hollywood. Um, but, yeah, just wanted to say that. But I would encourage people to buy the book and read it or see the movie because um, they both are really great um, sources of entertainment.
0: <laughs> and the cool thing about this movie is... It was, it was more or less like a sensory overload because of all the bright colors and everything they, you know, like pretty much everything they pushed on you instantly. I mean, you know, the colors, the music, it, you know, the, it, it, it was really, really good. But when you boil it down and, you know, from, I mean, like from a psychological standpoint, it was just a movie of a kid. It was just a kid. You know, like they wanted attention that you know he never got. He was always misunderstood. He was abused, and he never got the help he needed. So he found this outlet, and the outlet turned into something big. You know, but but in the end he couldn't control it as much as much as he wanted to. That's I mean that's my opinion, of course.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I would have to agree with your assessment of it. I I would absolutely
0: say that. Um, So I think.
1: I think um, overall, the movie um, based on a based on a true story, um, it was very um, like you said the colors, the music. You there was so much movement through the color and music that you got sucked into the movie, and it's almost like you was there at the parties with them or there in the scenes with them. And so I think I really enjoyed that aspect of the movie.
0: Yeah, the movie was really good. I watched it a lot. I mean, I've, I downloaded the movie through Nefarious Mains uh, many, many, many years ago. And I still watch it to this day. I still have the movie. It's, it's, it's really, really that good. Um, once again, it was done in 2003. It's 99 minutes. I mean, it's, it's a fairly easy movie to get through and to watch. The budget for that movie was $5 million. And the box office, it made like a little over 700000 so wow. yeah it was very very surprising for what it was and of course i believe people can still find it on youtube or amazon of course of course there's and multiple ways you can find this movie and
1: it's free on 2b too
0: really i did not know that
1: yeah it's for free on 2 yeah
0: um so we'll definitely put that uh, we'll definitely put that link in the description so if people want to watch it i highly recommend watching this movie um i give it an 8 out of 10 what, what do you give it
1: definitely probably give it a 9 out of 10 um the music is awesome the acting is awesome um again the writing although altered from from the book for entertainment purposes I mean it, it, it was everything was um to me, awesome. I think I would have liked, the reason why I wouldn't give it a 10 is, I would have liked a little bit more of those gory details, like to go more in depth um, with it. So they say that for the end of the movie. Um, but I, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of, um, I guess the storyline with Angel, outside of what we were shown about him.
0: Understandable. And the movie's called Party Monster Again. Yeah, find it on Tubi. There'll be a link in the description below. So as we put a capper on this lovely show we've been doing, it's a mixture of a secret show and a movie review. Um what are your thoughts about the show so far? What are your closing thoughts on the show so far?
1: Um Saturday night, night?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <About the> movie. <laughs> oh no, no. <laughs> uh the secret show slash saturday <laughs> the secret matinee so
1: well i absolutely freaking love it and you will too when you listen to it that's for the listeners um it's been fun i've had a great time um talking with you and doing this episode with you and i look forward to doing some more um, movie reviews i look forward to getting to work on designing some more um products for you and um
0: Awesome. Uh, and of course, once again, uh, where can they find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter, when You Talk Show. You can find me on um, Facebook. I have a Facebook page, when You Talk Show. And again, my podcast is on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, I think Pandora, I um, saw the apps. But yeah, When You Talk Show. And you can email
0: me at When You Talk Show at gmail.com. Awesome. And of course, you can always find, of course, the Walker AC experience. Email, slacking, majestically01yahoo.com. Or of course, you can find the animation, a couple of past shows on YouTube under Walker Space AC. And of course, you could find our shows on these free platforms Deep Breath, uh, Spotify. Pandora, iHeartRadio, of course Podbean.com, Google Podcasts, TuneIn. Um, it's also you could find us on Alexa. Tell Alexa to play the Walker AC Experience. You can find us on Stitcher, Deezer, D E E Z E R, Amazon Music Player.fm, Listen Notes, Podcast Addict, and of course. Apple Podcasts. We're on iTunes. That makes me so happy. brings a little dust to my eye. And (laughs) also on Twitter, follow, subscribe, all that fun stuff on Twitter at um, WalkerACExperience76. Ms. Piper, my dear Tina, my dear confidant, friend, business partner, I thank you so much for joining the show, and I cannot wait to talk to you again.
1: As always, it was my pleasure. Thank you.
0: And, of course, stay tuned after the show a little bit, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.